ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the USL show. Uh, I am your your host, as always, Bethlehem's favorite son, as far as soccer goes, Evan Valella, joined by, uh, well, you know, they're, they're not always my best friends, but they are, at the very least, uh, my soccer friends. From order of me writing them down from unused substitutes, it's Dan. Hello, hello. Uh, also joining us, making triumphant return to the pod, uh, the waviest man in the St. Louis metropolitan area, uh, Phil Grimms. I tried to leave you guys hanging last week. You did. You did. You <laughs> got away, you bastard. <laughs> uh, also joining us from Stumptown Footy and some other things, uh, co-host to Play the Kids, it's uh, it's Big Kev, Kevin McCannish. Welcome, welcome. And, and, and joining us for the first time, um, I think like two weeks ago, I was like, oh, also, this guy's going to start making appearances. And, and here he goes. Uh, covers Rio Grande Valley FC for the Dynamo Theory, as well as does some things for switching play soccer, which will include some Las Vegasy things. It's uh, it's Carson Merck. Yeah, I wanted to start off actually with a question, if I may. So, yeah. as as we know, there was the old guard. Was yeah. it required to get rid of Kyle and Chad because of their appearance before joining Beautiful Game Network? That's just the only question I had to start off. <laughs> Uh, well, we actually um, put them on witness protection. That's fair. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> like, in a soccer context, they're still Kyle Kepner and Josh Beeman. To everyone else that they know and love, they are no longer those people. Yeah, because, I mean, they have they have faces for podcast and Twitter. They're, they're mm. that of them. Mm. Good man. Good man. Well, gentlemen, um, not as crazy uh, of a week this week as last week, other than I suppose, you know, the Rhinos are still not coming back uh, for 2018. Um, I guess we'll just start off. Uh, goal of the year and save of the year voting is uh, is rapidly approaching an end. Um, do, do you guys have opinions on that one? Because for my money... Um, you know, Phil, your boy, with the save of the year for sure, and then the goal of the year—it's pretty much the—it's—it's it's the same finish, but I, I think Selball uh, from from San Antonio hits it a little sweeter, um, and it's first time. Yeah, actually, I'd say it's a little less sweet, but it's first time on the run. You know, like that—that that was the selling point for me because the other one was about as perfect as it gets, top right corner. So. Yeah. Um, but but he was able to settle it, take a breath, and then shoot it, which is quite unfortunate for the other team. So. <laughs> I, mean, I honestly I, haven't I actually I would, looked. I would probably go Sebel as well. And also, I think you have to factor in, dude had three goal of the month in back-to-back-to-back months. Um, yeah. so even if there's a, if it's close, I think that tiebreaker goes to him because of that. I haven't actually uh, sat down to look at the, uh, the finalists there. Um, All right, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw you <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I was looking forward to the artwork. No, I don't, I don't have the means to. I can like try to type it. I'll just Maybe. type out the description of them as they're happening. Yeah, when we get network headquarters, we'll get one of those right. big TVs. You can yeah, draw on it'll it. be great. We'll yeah. be in the same room. We'll make Mike or Kev get us coffee. It, it'll be. Yeah. Great. <laughs> uh, Kev, Kev, did you happen to see these? Uh, I have not seen him yet, but from what it sounds like, I'm going to go with Siebel, uh, um, and then I have not seen the saves of the week, so I can't vote there. Fair enough. Or saves of the year, sorry. I mean, you know. It's still the season. Yeah. Pony mentioned um, how, and I agreed with him, um, that, that Pittsburgh triple save was pretty amazing. And I, I, like he said, um, I think there were, none of them were like, he had to jump way out of his way to get him, but it's still three quick saves in a row, and I thought that was that was my favorite city here, to be honest. So, yeah. Oh, and then uh, and a shout out to to Cito, uh Sion, who hit a like second touch on the volley from like halfway line, I think, and it went in, and that got snubbed, which is really bizarre. But uh, yeah, anyway, crazy Boating. stuff. Voting. So yeah, uh, go vote. Do that. That'd be great. Oh yeah, um, and someone also pointed out USL did the you know if you look at the picture of the voting, it's the brackets, and so there's yeah. the, the west or the the saves. I don't know what it is. It's two different brackets, 
uh, for goal of the year. And one is syllable and one is, what is the other guy? Colorado Springs, right? Yeah. Got his yeah. name. But the vote button is right next to syllable, which makes yeah. it look like, yeah. you know. So I thought I'd bring that up in case anyone at USL happens to listen to this. <laughs> they can fix it maybe before the finals are, are given. It's all your fault. <laughs> um, hey, Dan, wh- while we have you on, um, Tampa Bay made some moves ahead yeah. of year two in the USL. And, and we figured it would be, well, you know, nothing if not polite of us to let you, you talk about them. Uh, I mean, the... It started with the bad news of Matt Pickens leaving, um, but I think keeper is a pretty solid position for us. Akira, what started the year with two or three clean sheets, uh, and faced only, but he only faced like three or four shots. So the defense has been pretty solid. Uh, the left side remains intact with Zach Portillos and Neil Collins coming back. Uh, so, I mean. We're pretty good there, and then we kept obviously Joe Cole uh, and team MVP uh, Marcel Schaefer in the midfield. Um, Gunzadi comes back, up, who played a lot at striker, which I don't think was his normal role when he was playing in the Cosmos. But Stu Campbell likes to get a little crazy sometimes. Uh, Martin Vigard in the middle. It's a pretty. It's a. It's a pretty. Alex Morel. Uh, He's been mm-hmm. a speedy little young winger, which I was worried we were going to lose him too. Maybe some MLS team was going to come calling or something. But he's a hometown boy and uh, has been pretty solid. I mean, it's a good core of players coming back to build around. Uh, and I think the only player that they said that they weren't still negotiating with was Luke Bowden, who barely played except for the beginning of the season anyway. Uh, so it'll be interesting. I mean, you know, there's a couple of favorites still out there like Georgie Ristoff and uh, who... I would cry, I think, if he didn't come back. He's been here as long as I've been a fan and absolutely love that guy. I think, the, in fact, the first episode of our podcast we ever did, we just talked about Georgie. It was just pretty much just an entire, like, 45 minutes of talking about him. And, I mean, he was pretty much the only player I knew at the time. Uh, but uh, it, I'm excited for it. Uh, we, I wouldn't mind us seeing us go a little younger, filling in positions where we need to. I mean, we're a pretty old team. Joe Cole's, what, 36, going on 37? Uh, Marcel Schaefer is 33, so I, w- I wouldn't mind seeing us get a little younger in some places. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'm excited for it. I'll see how I'd like to see how we build for 2018. Hey, uh, Carson, and, and then Kev, I have a different question to you, but but you know, um, so Carson, as a, as a guy who you know obviously covered RGV and is is switching to Las Vegas, you know, yeah. do you what's kind of the or you know doing a little bit of both what's kind of the ideal age you want your team to be and does it um and kev i guess this is where you can kind of come in does it change when you have a an mls2 or an mls 1.5 side i think it's the most important thing is the balance obviously uh, like we're saying with tampa bay they have an older team but you want you want young guys with potential but you can't have all young guys with potential you kind of see that with with some of the the two teams of, you know, you send out all teenagers. Sometimes, you know, you can get a result here and there, but um, like in Rio Grande Valley's first year, you had some of the younger project players, and then you had older veterans, like um, Kevin Garcia was the captain that year. He'd been around a little bit. Um, so I think uh, maybe early 20s is where you kind of want the base of your team to be, but you definitely want some, you know, older 20s, maybe a 30, you know, here and there. But um, definitely the balance, I think, to me is the most important. I think Kevin would probably vouch for that. I'd have to agree. I mean, it's it's definitely what you want to swing it low. Like for me, I'm I'm thinking like eighteen, nineteen year olds. So you keep like a like an average age of twenty, like not even low twenties, but like at twenty, um, for like almost ninety percent of the squad, maybe eighty five percent of the squad, and then and then you just you need that one or two players that have lots of experience. That you know the USL is their level like there's you're not going to lose them to somebody else or or maybe even it's an MLS player who's retired and just wants to take it easy for a year or two but they come in and like the coach coaches the team they develop the players they pick the formation the tactics they get the, they pick the 11 and the 18 they do what they can to win the game to help the players win the game or give the players the tools to win the game but what you need is you need that locker room presence the on-field presence to kind of develop the players further and kind of 
you know, you're going to have all this young, youthful exuberance, this potential, um, this talent that you want to nurture, but, but you got to have someone on the field be like, here's what it's like to be a professional soccer player. So mm-hmm. this is, this is what you should do this. You know, when, if someone tackles you, don't get upset and go get a red card because that screws your team over, you know, like don't lose your cool. Just, you know, some, kind of the, some of the, the sim- more simple things, subtle things that when you're out there and you're pumped full of adrenaline, you're running, you know, as fast as you can to get the ball, try to score a goal that, that sometimes the brain doesn't think about that you've got to work into muscle memory and just get in into these into the young kids' brains. And you need that that kind of on-field example, like, hey, man, I've been here for 10 years, 15 mm-hmm. years doing this. This is how you got to start doing it. Yep, for sure. Um, and even like little things to go off of that, like the travel and, you know, and, and interacting with, with media, you know, like, like ourselves, um, to put us on a pedestal that I'm immediately going to try to knock us down off of, cause I, <laughs> I, I hate, I hate saying that. Um, but you know, or even just, you know, here's how, how to attack more professional, the fans when they come up to, you, you know, it's just, even in the little things, I think having, especially at an MLS two level where it's, it's, you know, a lot of those guys first professional soccer seasons. Exactly. You know? Um, and, it, just, and it's longer, you know, like right. the first time the St. Louis FC guys came into their second season, a lot of them burned their legs up halfway through the season because there weren't enough guys that had experienced the 30 game season and uh, saved themselves for the end. You know, so I remember that going around pretty, pretty strong in the second mm-hmm. season. I think yeah. it's and, definitely and, important. The, those veteran guys can kind of balance things out, whether it's going really well or going really poorly. Um, if you have a team of, you know, all young guys and they lose, you know, three, four in a row, everyone kind of starts to hang their heads. Or, you know, you win four or five in a row and everyone's like, okay, we can't lose at all. Um, you have those veteran guys who are like, hey, I've been here, I've been through these streaks, let's kind of, you know, keep keep it mellow and, and keep it, keep working hard and, you know, try to build some consistency. Exactly. Or Or if you have a young team that loses, you know, 20 games in a row. Yeah, I'm just, who can you be talking about there, Kevin? I don't. I'm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have no idea. I have no idea. What teams don't lose was twenty games a, in a row? Maybe, maybe <laughs> if people would listen to the Play the Kids podcast, they would. Uh, they would know who you're talking about. Probably. <laughs> uh, well, it, and you know, all that kind of said, uh, Nashville did announce their first couple of signings uh, this week. One. Um, Taylor Washington and another, you know, the aforementioned Matt Pickens. Um, so it, it looks like they're kind of, I don't know, airing a little older. Um, but but I think, you know, in a way, um, and well, I, I guess. Let, let, me, sure. let me interrupt. Yeah, here's yeah. the, I mean, because what, what, what I believe that age should be within a USL side is limited specifically to MLS2 sides because <laughs> those teams are done differently where the whole objective is to, you know, identify and develop young talent. And so what you want on those teams is one, two, you know, three players tops that have experience, have USL experience. I mean, even if it's MLS, but just have professional experience. They've been there. But when you're develop, when you're building and developing an, an independent side, a side that's going to play, a side that's going to compete and win, like the whole objective is to win the league. And, and whether that is like, here's a stepping stone to get in an MLS expansion or, or whatever the objective of the front office is as an independent side, even, even, even if you're a side that is associated, like affiliated with an MLS side, you get a couple of loanies, those type of teams, you want much more of a balance of young prospects versus uh, experience and, and more age. And so those type of teams, you're probably looking at maybe an average age of 25 26 you know depending on what you want to do so what nashville's starting with is is perfect um you know an experienced keeper with matt pickens um tons of experience i mean both mls and usl that type of experience is a great like that's that's someone who could potentially be team captain potentially i I would imagine he would be yeah and so that's a good starting point and then and then i think you know if they're out there to develop and build a winning side, a side that's going to compete in the Eastern Conference, then then they're going to go out and find, you know, some. I can start this player now. He's going to be a good starting quality now. I mean, they're not they're not looking for like here's a guy that's got some potential. Here's a guy we got to develop. I mean, they'll probably get some of those guys, but it's not going to be their priority. Mm-hmm. So their so so their age, their average age will swing upwards, and that's fine because that's what that's what they should be doing. Um, Dan, I, I guess. You know, going back to you um, for a couple things. One, 
Marcel Schaefer came into the United States <laughs> last year yeah. Yeah. Um, and tore things up. Um, and then, you know, for a lot of your guys coming from a league that, you know, apparently if we mention we get blacklisted or something, um, <laughs> which was ridiculous. Uh, I saw that earlier this week. Uh, but a lot of those guys on your on your club, you know, coming up from the NASL, there I said it, I'll never work another day of, of my life now with this league, damn it. Um, you know, but how 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 big is it for, for the indie clubs, as I lovingly refer to them as, to find the right players and then to, to make sure that those guys are coming in, you know, razor sharp? Um, and then, you know, and I guess I'll throw this to you um, and Phil being kind of independent guys. Is there is there any part of you know either yourselves or, or the players that you know maybe you've talked to that when you have an affiliate team come in and they go oh you know this isn't really real competition or it's you know because it's so different from anything else they've probably ever seen really um, I know in Germany for for Schaefer you know there is a couple of the uh, like who was it Wolfsburg I think has a two that plays in the third division or you know something like that but um, as far as America goes there's not a you know um, well, you know, in pretty much any other league, you know, in Spain, there's Barcelona, too. But there's not two teams in a lot of the leagues in the rest of the world that are, you know, playing independence um, quite like this. So I guess those two questions to, to you guys. Um, coming up from uh, NASL and most of those guys, uh, it was I mean, most of those guys were career uh, I mean, what, like Darnell King and quite a few were uh, D2 guys and then. Uh, we brought over probably championship level from England, uh, Tam Kandawiri, who uh, was our captain before Joe Cole got here, um, and uh, Neil Collins came over. I think you know th- those guys are probably at their level. Um, maybe championship is kind of MLS level, and since mm-hmm. these guys are toward the end of their career, it's perfect. Uh, I mean, where Joe Cole was playing, what? third division in England or something like that in Coventry city. So, uh, I mean, it, it's at their level. And, uh, I think coming in, they know, uh, maybe a little bit of surprise at, at where, uh, officiating is at, at this level. Uh, and in a just, good way, like, clearly. yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and the, the physicality of American soccer, yes. um, it's a lot different. And I think it took them a little bit to get used to. Uh, I think, even Marcel Schaefer coming over from uh, Wolfsburg and find uh, was a little shocked at where America was. I mean, even though he's a, he says he watches all American sports and it's, <laughs> I, I mean, he, he, he did. He was, he was given, he was talking hockey with us. He, mm. I mean, he, the man is also a New York Giants fan. Okay. <laughs> loves Ouch. Eli Manning, loves Eli Manning. Like the quote I got was he loves Eli more than his father loves Eli. <laughs> uh, but, uh, it, it's just he came over and it, even he took a little bit of an adjustment here. Mm. But um, uh, it's I think Stuart Campbell, he's I mean, also came from uh, Bristol Rovers in England, uh, played in NASL and uh, on the 2012 team, I believe here. And then is then coached uh, was an assistant coach and coach. So he knows the, the, the level well. So getting these guys ready and keeping them on track is pretty good. Um and as for the, I forgot the second question. I had an answer and totally forgot. <laughs> Did they, uh, were, were any of the guys, you know, especially because in, in NASL, you know, d- there's not a Cosmos they, 2 or, you know, they, whatever. There's not lower. Talk, yeah, it was, the attendance was more the issue for them. Mm. Um, like showing up and playing like an empty stadium is new and it's got to be like, disheartening or just distri- slightly distracting i guess as a professional athlete yeah, it's almost better than having a full crowd of people <laughs> you gotta kind of throw everybody off i mean our team the rowdies were so bad and historically have been so bad on the road i don't know if it made a difference or anything um but it's i mean with that being said i think uh our biggest rival is orlando city b um just because there's bad blood just across the board in between Orlando and the Rowdies that like when we knock, uh, what was it? The, the season finale over in Orlando, when we beat them over there to knock them out of the playoffs and like yeah. lock our playoff spot in was absolutely fantastic. Uh, the players were ecstatic. So yeah. 
uh, I mean, it was probably in front of like 300 people, but like sure. it, it was a good time. Um, so I, I mean, all they said really was it was a bit of a challenge going on the road and then not having a crowd against these teams. I mean, uh, like, I mean, last year, Red Bulls two was the defending champion. So they knew right. like they took them seriously. It wasn't anything like that. It was, ju- it's just going on the road to those places. Phil, you have a lot of, uh, you know, Serbian and, and Croatian and Polish influence. Well, you had uh, in, in your side. How did those guys who I've seen get into it with a uh, with a supporters group a little bit after the last day of the season oh, uh, yeah. take the things? Uh, just fine. But all those guys, except for maybe one or two, had um, had had come from the college system in the United States. So, uh, but that said, I mean, the two that came over from actually Serbia and one played in Serbia and then the Thai Thai league, um, they were very physical and they fit right in. I mean, they were just physical and direct and, and ready to pass the ball off when they needed to. So, they fit right in perfectly. So that might be something to watch in the future. It wouldn't be a bad idea to keep eyes on on Serbia if you're looking to bring some guys in the USL league. Um, even though not all of them. Uh, worked out. But I thought it was really interesting to hear the difference between Kyle talking about, um, you know, the USL two side and then to hear the NASL uh, model from Dan, which they very much still are. You know, that's a perfect way to describe it um, to what St. Louis is, which is almost like a hybrid between the two where they will bring in maybe one or two semi high end guys. They don't have a ton of money, but they'll bring in the bigger guys. They'll bring in some older guys. Um, Every year we got a few of those. And then they'll always just wait for the MLS draft, like two weeks after the MLS draft, and bring in their old um, academy guys and all the guys that went to college around here that didn't quite make a squad. And so they'll they'll just poach those MLS squads and bring those guys back in and, and develop those guys. Usually they'll stick around for at least a couple of years so far. So um, it's kind of interesting to see that happen. And so I was thinking about what everyone was saying and comparing that to Nashville um, to my knowledge, I mean, there's always a, a Division II or NAS, NAIA type school around every city. But, you know, what is Nashville going to draw from? There's no academy that I know of that for them to draw from. And I was kind of curious, Dan, while you're here, too, like I, if you guys did go younger, obviously Southern Florida, Central Florida is like ripe with soccer players. So you guys could really be drawing people in. And, and where would they come from in your in your situation? I mean, we also uh, uh, like what the MLS combine and everything is usually down here to go uh, scout and and things like that. And the, and USF, uh, USF's college program is pretty good. Uh, you can keep an eye there. Uh, but I think uh, weirdly we like to keep an eye on you know championship in England where Stu's got all his connections. Like yeah. mm. uh, it's it, I mean it's been a thing we've done uh, outside of Thomas Rongan. It's been a very English squad. Um, but it's, I mean, but central Florida, South Florida is a, like a hotbed for soccer. It's, it's one of those growing spots. And I would like to see a scout, uh, some younger, uh, American players to get them in their lineup. I mean, Alex Morrell has been a revelation. And, uh, if we can find a couple more like him, I think we'd be great. Marcus Epps, the former bull playing for, for Bethlehem and got a, a fair chunk of minutes with the union too. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I thought of a question, and I guess I'll just ask this one for Kev first. Um, did or or how do you think? I guess because it happened after the season, that doesn't make any sense. How do you think? Because the way MLS two teams are structured is they play a lot like the first team, and it kind of trickles down into the into the academy. Um, do you think Caleb Porter, you know, leaving the the Timbers proper is going to impact the the T two guys at all? And, and how is that? you know, uh, affecting you, you know, outside of, of being a Timbers fan and, and what that guy did for your franchise, you know, in well, general. So, well, okay, well, yeah, well, let me, let me do the, the first part. So with Caleb Porter leaving, how does that affect T2? Um, it will affect T2 because, um, GM have stated that, you know, the next coach that comes in is going to have be very um, involved with how T2 works because T2 is um, key to their whole development pyramid because um, we're, we're just now, I mean, we started the academy in 2013, but we're, we are just now, you know, four or five years later beginning to start 
just starting to see kind of that working for us with Marco Farfan. I mean, there's other there are other players out there, that, you know, with with Stanford in the College Cup, you know, uh, Sam Werner and Foster Langsdorf. They are Timbers homegrown players, and it would be uh, pretty awesome if we could actually sign them. Um, <laughs> I mean, we have first rights to them. Like, like if they right, go to right. MLS, they're going to the Timbers. It's who knows what their situation is. It could be like, hey, let's let us finish college, then we'll come play for you. Mm-hmm. Or the Timbers are like, or the Timbers are like, why don't you finish college and then we'll come sign you? You know, right. any of this. Or the Timbers right. could be like, yeah, well, you're not talent we want, and everybody's gonna be like, what? Mm-hmm. Like that happens. So we don't really know what what the backstory is. But either way, those are two potential players you can get came up through academy, and we have other players like Bodley currently with UW, who was came through our academy. Um, so over the next couple of years, that's going to really start to develop, and a big part of that is like getting those players some professional minutes some experience playing for t2 um so so t2 will change i mean whether the coach changes or not whether the system changes or not i mean uh, the new first team coach whoever that may be he she who knows um would be you know they're they're going to put make their mark in the organization you know whatever style they want to play, whatever tactics they want to employ, those are going to be, you know, key for the for the first team, for the trying to get the Timbers to win more silverware, maybe a US Open Cup, maybe a second MLS Cup, whatever it's going to be. So that will have to trickle down to T2. So T2 will be affected. Next season, maybe not as much going forward, uh, or maybe not so much in the first half of the season, because I'm sure the coach is going to be much more focused on on the first team at that time, but mm-hmm. it will it will eventually by the second half of the season and certainly by the next season or the season afterwards that it's going to influence how T2 plays, maybe even how T2 develops or chooses their 11 players, you know, you know whatever they want to do there. So, so yeah, so there's with changes, changes with the first team means changes with the second team. Right. Now, yeah. as far as like, as a Timbers fan, how do I feel about Caleb Porter leaving? Uh, very, very sad. Um, <laughs> it feels bad, probably, man. It is really bad. I mean, so, and, and the funny part about that is my co-host Josh and I were actually meeting with the owners of PDXFC um, earlier this week on Wednesday. And because um, we're working with them, we're gonna, they're, they're a fourth division in PSL side, semi-pro. Um, and we're going we're gonna to kind of help them build their brand a little bit. And we, so we, we meet with them and Caleb Porter happens to be in the same bar hmm. with, with, a bunch of, with a bunch of OG TA. So, you know, it, I had I had the opportunity to say, you know, thank you um, for everything you did. I got to kind of say my goodbye. Um, so I feel uh, better, a little bit better. I feel blessed with that. <laughs> you had but, your, uh, <laughs> you, you had your, uh, oh man, now I'm blanking. You got your closure. Yes, exactly. Right on. So, but, but yeah, I mean, Caleb Porter was, was one of the best coaches we've ever had. And I'm sure. very sad to see him go. So, sure. Um, and, and a guy by, by all accounts, at least from, from what I've heard that guys wanted to play for, um, especially if they went to the university of Akron. Uh, <laughs> now, 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 before I get off the topic, speaking yeah. of just the, of, of Cascadia and stuff like that, um, there's a term that's going around a lot today, aces. That is any city except Seattle. Mm. So congrats. So congratulations to Toronto FC on winning the MLS cup. <laughs> the uh, the Cascadia hate knows no league bounds. It knows no show bounds. It knows no bounds. It knows I didn't no even country. think that you you know about that. And I'm I apologize. I'm not a big Seattle guy either. And I'm not just saying that because I know who I'm talking to. Uh, <laughs> but but yes, congratulations to not Seattle on winning MLS Cup. And I can't wait to see what Michael Bradley and Josie Altador do in the World Cup with the United States. Me- Damn it. Um, <laughs> damn it. Um, wait, I mean, Joseph Altidore had the game-winning goal in MLS Cup. Oh, my God, I can't wait for 2018 Russia. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. Man, they looked so good. I can't wait for Michael Bradley to hit really pretty long balls out to, to fucking Marisa Du or whatever in the in the World Cup this year. Damn it. Um, anyway, back to back to U.S., um, yeah, USL news. There's a third letter there. Carson, <laughs> I have a question for you, and then I have a question for everybody, but I'm going to let you start first just because hypothetically you're in that spot. Um, 
one, you know, what's kind of the buzz around Las Vegas FC lights, whatever. And then, uh, although I do love their logo. And, and then if you could pick one guy from any team right now to sign for Las Vegas, you know, who would it be or, or what kind of guy would you want that to be? Ooh, man, the, the second one's rough. I'm thinking I, I can answer the first one. I'm putting you first. on the spot. Um, yeah, man. So as far as the buzz, there's a serious buzz. Um, this weekend, they're actually going through a player combine. Okay. And kind of, kind of going back, a pretty cool thing they came out with um, midweek this week is they announced um, a promise to a local player. So every year of Las Vegas Lakes, there will be at least one player on the roster with a tie to Las Vegas, whether it's Very grew cool. up in Las Vegas, went to UNLV, something to that effect. Um, so for that combine this weekend, they actually had 700 people there um, trying out. Uh, I think the age was like 18 to 30. I could be wrong on that, but Sounds right. um, they're going to limit it, limit it down. And then I'm actually going to get up there tomorrow and kind of scope it out. But um, it, there's a good buzz. And then they have obviously Chalice as the manager. Uh, you had people all over, not just USL base, but all over the soccer universe. Like, Oh crap. Like this dude's back. Um, so that's obviously exciting. It's Vegas. Um, their owner really is a lot of people would kind of shy away. Like even the golden Knights a little bit, they mm-hmm. didn't really fully like in, embrace. Okay. We're Las Vegas. It's a super unique city. Mm-hmm. Um, the lights are like, Hey, we're putting, you know, crazy logos. You said right. the logo's pretty sweet, different right. colors. They're, He's like, we're going to try to score tons of goals. Like, they're going to, you know, play really open. So, um, are we really embracing are, Vegas? Are they, are they going to play lights out? Hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're going to, all of their stadium lights are going to be neon. Or, are, are, if someone beats them, are they going to get their lights knocked out? See, that would have been good. See, you ruined it because you did it the first, you did it, you already did it. And, and then you tried yeah, to double it up, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's no chance they don't come out to all of the lights. Be, as well. oh, oh, <laughs> um, oh, I need it. Oh, give it to me but right the, now. Uh, no, it, it, wow. it, it should be pretty. Should be pretty interesting. I I know I know no 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 wait 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 I know the, I know the next derby I know the derby the first derby for Las Vegas. Okay. Las Vegas versus Cincinnati, the Sin City Cup. Uh, oh. ah, These are bad jokes. These are good. Yeah, these are. <laughs> Mr. Edwards, are you writing these down? Um, <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Like, why well, Vegas is near Phoenix, so they're probably gonna play the 120 degree. Mm. That, that's that's that, that's an understatement. Sense. Would the trophy be half melted? Yeah, it has to be half. Oh, it has yeah. to be half melted for sure. It's gonna. It's gonna be like. It's gonna be a, a bronzed, empty ice cream cone. Mm, very good. <laughs> Just dripped a little bit of ice cream, still dripping off. It's like it's totally almost all melted. Carson, I, I tell everyone this, um, but I really appreciate your attempt to weasel out of my second question. But I can't, I can't let you do that. <laughs> no, yeah, no. Um, I, I was, I was, I was letting everyone stall for me before I addressed the second it, one. Listen, um, I'm not gonna hate the player. I, you know, like well done, but I, I need an answer. Yeah, I'm trying to think as far as a direct, honestly, and, and it's. If I could pick a position, I would say maybe um, center back or even like a number mm-hmm. ten. Um, those tend to obviously be kind of the ones that drive you know how things go. As far as an act, a direct I, player to identify, honestly, Sebastian Ibiaga, what he did with uh, San Antonio this year was ridiculous. Um, I honestly think a lot of MLS teams are going to be looking at him. Yep. Um, a guy like that maybe. Um, Obviously, I think everyone that doesn't really know soccer, which I think we kind of know soccer on the show, but I would say, Thank oh, you. you know, striker. But, uh, you know, I, I think that the number 10 or the center back is really what, you know, either sets the tone on defense or sets the tone on the attack. So I'd say um, one of those, I would say Ibiago would be my choice. And I don't know who I'd take at number 10. Somebody. It's tough in USL. There's not a lot of it crazy is. good yeah. number 10s. But did you say yeah, that be, anybody ever, anywhere, or did you say anybody from USL? I mean, it could be whoever. I, <laughs> like, don't don't say Lionel Messi because you know. I was gonna. I, my my next thing was gonna be was gonna be Pogba probably. <laughs> so <laughs> a, a, a you Pogba didn't specify. Had to be realistic. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Thanks. Um, <laughs> hey hey Dan, if you're. 
and I'll, I'll alter the I'll try to alter the question for everybody. Dan, if uh, if I made you get rid of one person on the Rowdies from last year Ooh. and said he's going to lead another club and they're going to make the playoffs. Kind of like based on that guy being the locker room guy for them, who who would that be? Someone that I, I don't want on the Rowdies anymore or well, like I'm no. Just like with, in, a, or... in a very weird, like if I like gave you a like a twenty five thousand dollar incentive and said this guy you're gonna send to like a a Phoenix Rising or like a Nashville or a Vegas and that guy's gonna lead them and I'll give you twenty five k if they make the playoffs kind of thing, mm. which um, disclosure I'm not doing for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, like your best choice from the Rowdies that I would never want to part with in any way, but right. With, you could build a club around obviously Marcel Schaefer um, experience in Bundesliga. He, when we got it, we hit, we early mid season, we hit that like eight, eight game winless streak. Yes. And he just came out after that on a tear and like put this team on his back. And then in that like last bit of the season, he pretty much single-handedly dragged us into the playoffs. Uh, and, I mean, you could build a club around him, a USL squad, and be fine. Uh, so I guess I'd have to choose him, but I would never want him off my team. Right. Yeah. For for my money, easily the best attacking fullback in or, or ever. He. I mean, he can play anywhere really. Yeah. I mean, he was what yeah, he was a did. left back. Yeah, he was a wing back, like a left wing back in uh, Germany, and for a little yeah. bit for us, and then we he's been playing like uh, one of the three midfielders for us, or like yeah. central mids. Yeah. Uh, Phil, you guys have a bit of a goalkeeper issue going on. Oh yeah. So uh, I suppose pick your two because I don't. I mean, I, you can have three. I just don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. Wait a minute. What are you talking about? Two. Well, I mean, don't you, you have. Well, I mean, who would you want? Who do you oh, have of of what we have plus Greenwich, basically? Yeah. If I could choose, I'd take Gomez and Grinwis. Wouldn't okay. think twice about it. Okay. Um, but but I don't know. I haven't seen Gomez play. But um, some things that I looked up. Um, I, Ryan's not here, so I thought I'd give my try my hand at some stats mm, while he please. was gone. So yeah. I'm gonna do my best here. I hope you guys can uh, bear with me. But um, so you know, obviously Tomas Gomez was and Adam Grinwis were on the same team in 2016. Okay, both goalkeepers for the Rochester Rhinos. Um, Gomez played 24 games, uh, started all 24. Grinwis started 13. Um, the success rate was 62.5% for Grinwis, and uh, three clean sheets, and um, Gomez was kind of was at 71.4%, quite a bit better, 11 clean sheets, um, a lot more other stats to pile on top of that. Now, it's not fair, obviously, to compare 24 to 13, but the amount of stats that he's got and the success rate for what he did on the exact same team means that you would expect uh, Gomez to be better, more than likely, um, even going into this season after they both had uh, time to play longer since then. Um, Gorick... Um, didn't look as good as Grimm was this this year. Not even close. And so if you really take those two compared to each other and saying that Gorick looks a little bit worse than them, obviously I'm going to take Grimwis and Gomez. And Gomez seems to stand out as a pretty obvious favorite in that battle, um, even as much as I liked Grimwis last year. So sure. those are my stats of the day since Ryan's not here. And then not- Ryan at and then as you as you'd like three of the top five players this is for charleston per minutes played portillo chang and, and, and lasso are all leaving the club uh taylor mueller and, and quentin griffith are, are the only other t- two top five players that are still there four of the the batteries 11 goal scorers are leaving so portillo chang lasso and and, uh, and cordovez which were 25 of their 53 goals which is like 40 it's about half of their production. And then if Romario Williams leaves, which, uh, yeah, I could, I could see it. I think we could all probably see that happening um, in some capacity, probably a move to MLS. Then it's 40 of their goals, which is 
of their goals from from last year. Um, I guess just thoughts on Charleston's kind of exodus, and then you know if if anyone has any idea what they're going to do now in terms of people they can get, or, or just you know what that team's going to have to look like to maintain you know some form of success. Because as we saw, um, you know without Williams they struggled, and then if Williams gets cold they struggle. So, well, yeah, that's I, actually I that was actually the first team I covered for Dynamo Theory because they had a one year deal with. Um, Houston, when I first started with uh, Dynamo Theory, and it's crazy. Like you said, even those numbers, even going back to that, um, the year that I covered, Dan Kelly was still there. So they were they were so deep. Memo Rodriguez, who went from you know Houston to RGV back to Houston, um, he couldn't even play. He played like 15 minutes the whole season. Um, it's it's crazy to see kind of the exodus of everyone leaving. Um, I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't be surprised if you see more people leave. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're kind of on the fence, hey, do I go back or do I not? And if you look and, like you said, possibly 40 or 53 goals are gone, um, I might decide to take my talents elsewhere. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what they're going to do because they've always been one of those, as we know, over the years that has been steady. Um, you saw a lot of guys staying there for three, four, or five years, which isn't typical with the USL. Uh, so I don't, man, I don't know. I I don't know if anyone's heard any chatter about anyone wanting to go there instead of the other <laughs> way around. Yeah. Kevin, sounded like you had some thoughts there. Well, no, I well I didn't. I was just going to use that opportunity to say I got to go. <laughs> Have fun at the uh, at the office party. I do, I will. Thanks for having you guys. I'll talk to you yeah. soon. Talk right, to you later. Bye. Dan, in your in your limited experience watching Charleston, <laughs> I'm glad they're all gone. Uh, <laughs> that's uh i i think like what is it you know kind of in the back of our minds everyone in the east was like yeah <laughs> a little bit now, Thank now God. louisville can get a stadium i think mm. we could actually play yeah, pretty well real. like yeah. Yeah, yeah it's uh but i mean it uh, division two lower division soccer there's i've seen teams blow themselves up every off season and try to rebuild and i mean uh, that's like red bull two's calling card yeah, I mean, it's just, it sucks because uh, I think these days more than anything, you to me anyway, I like to find players to root for uh, yeah. inside my team. And if you're constantly rotating, uh, it gets annoying. But I mean, production-wise, you, you got to wonder where they're, where it's going to come from and how do you replace guys like that and rebuild. Uh, I mean, we don't exactly have like the largest player pool. Right. Can Can you? was kind of my, my thought on that yeah. because there's only like one, one other guy, Dan Kelly, who's on Romario Williams' planet at this point. Yeah, well, not to as mention, far as USL goes. And he's not going anywhere. And if he is, it's not over to Charleston. No, it's not. Um, not to mention, you know, they didn't look the same without Romario Williams, you know, when he was gone. So, you know, Cordovez is a very different type of striker. They can counterattack, but it's just not as, as lethal as it was before. They kind of had to find other ways to figure out the goal scoring. So even if, you know, I don't know, I think if they were smart, they'd, they'd look at what worked which was finding someone like Romario Williams who could be fast and they could find a left winger who could be the outlet. And it it can build on that with similar players and try to find maybe two or three guys to replace Romario and maybe want to work out throughout the season. They could find some guys to build on for next, you know, this 2019, basically. I think next year is going to be a building to figure things out kind of thing if they're they're smart, in my opinion. Uh, I would even say in, in response to your stats about the goals, of you know 40 or 53 possibly being gone mm-hmm. i'd be curious about the assists because portillo and chang were the top oh, two yeah uh, distributors in set pieces as well so i mean that's you're losing your scoring your distri- distribution and then obviously with last so you're losing one of your key defenders yes yeah yeah well and and to a team in the same well maybe you know conference um depending on how things shake out <laughs> with Cincy. um right. but yeah I, you know and i think everyone I don't know, around the time of the Gold Cup when Williams was just like super on fire and he was doing well for, for Jamaica, um, everyone went, all right, like they're going to lose him. Um, but you look at the rest of the team and, you know, at the time, Chang and Portillo, those are guys that can create for anybody. I, I honestly think that anybody pretty much in the States can get onto some of those balls and, and head in a goal. I would have a go at it, but it probably wouldn't work out very well. 
Um, now that those guys are gone, you just, you know, that's so much attacking talent. And then Lasso, who's the backbone of that defense, is gone. There's just so many question marks with Charleston. Um, it'll be interesting to see what goes on with them. Hi, Johnny. You should let us know how you feel. Um, <laughs> and he will. He will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he'll, he'll be in touch. Um, Phil, we have some Twitter questions. Then we can get out of here, I think. Yeah, yeah. So let's just, since we just talked about it, uh, Chris Bratton, uh, C underscore Brat, uh, asked, yeah, he asked about Gomez. So let's talk about that. How does Gomez play without a Lily defense in front of him? Which I think is a very valid question uh, that I I plan to ask Gomez himself, actually. (laughs) And and the reason I think he's asking that is because Gorick looked great. In, you know, behind a, a switchbacks defense yeah. back four, yep. uh, but didn't didn't do so well with two guys in front of him <laughs> under a precky, uh, you know, style of play. And so, um, you know, will who knows what um, who knows what Pulis is going to do with with the new STL squad. But hopefully, defense is going to be something that's good. But not to mention, Grinwis did transfer over better from Rochester to almost nothing in front of him than, than Gork did with a, with a blockade in front of him. So that was my thought there. Does anyone else have thoughts about the changes and and differences in, in goalkeepers, depending on what team they play for? Um, I mean, I think, uh, not in that specific case, but looking at Matt Pickens through the years here, uh, obviously a better midfield and defense in front is going to help out a keeper, uh, I, uh, immensely. Um, I think even Mitch Hildebrandt, who was fantastic for Cincy, could use a better midfield in front of him in defense. He faced what the top shots, uh, and I think his save percentage and everything would have been a lot better if he had some help. So obviously you want that in front of your even the best keeper. Definitely. So we, we talked about Jonathan at Black and Yellow Post. He asked, uh, anyone actually know what it takes to sign a player in the league? You'd think it'd be pretty standard, except that nobody knows what it entail- entails. Yeah, I, is that because no one's ever asked? Uh, yeah, maybe so. Like, because I think we could all ask our GM. Like, hey, man, like, what happened? Or like, how does this happen? I can almost guarantee a pen and paper are required. <laughs> what if it's all documents? <laughs> it could be. Ah, These days. <laughs> <laughs> 21st damn, century, damn, Carson. Damn, 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 damn millennials with the technology, I guess. I'm, I'm an old school guy. And I like <laughs> oh, to you know, get out the, the BIC and, and sign the paper for myself. I, I'm sure the like physical feedback feels a lot better when you're signing a bunch of money over to you, right? That, that's that was that was horrible. Anyway, um, yeah, but I don't I don't really know. I'm assuming it wouldn't be any different. I think the uh, the quote unquote like recruiting strategies for teams in the league varies because um, I think for the the MLS two sides, obviously there's a you know pitch of well, if you perform well, you can get to the MLS. You know, and then um, you know the the Rowdies probably have well, you know, you're joining one of the most storied teams in in American yeah. soccer history, um, and you know, wouldn't you like to wear green and yellow hoops? And um, Joe Cole. I mean, we have Joe, Joe Cole. Cole. And they have Joe Cole. Um, <laughs> and and for Las Freddy, Vegas, you know, it's, do you want to smell like this city or whatever <laughs> that was, which was crazy. Hold on. Hold on. There's a Freddie Adu mention. We don't talk about that. Whoa. Hey, Freddie Adu? <laughs> we don't talk about that. What is he <laughs> We don't is even he know. Selling, is he selling uh, Stouffer's meals and vacuums, and vacuums? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I feel like I feel like you pitch, hey, we have Joe Cole. And then maybe I say, hey, we also had, you know, the next Pele, Freddie Dude, who's just That's true. For the right opportunity. We had former DC United Philadelphia Union super duper star Freddie Adu. <laughs> that was I I don't know. I mean that was Thomas Rongan who I don't Loves know. Loves him some Freddie Adu apparently. He I mean he signed him in DC didn't he? Uh, or, yeah I think so. Yeah yeah it was something like that. I know they had, had history and, and then Thomas Rongan got fired and then we still had Freddie Adu. <laughs> Yeah. I wonder, I think Jonathan might be thinking of something specific. So maybe Jonathan for the next show, you can yeah. specify exactly what that is. But I do know, you know, with Thomas Gomez, Thomas Gomez, um, he isn't, you know, he's official with the club. But I think at the end of that article, it still said pending USL approval. So yeah. I imagine something is happening there just to make uh, sure. On Monday, someone good. just has to sign something or put a stamp on something and then we're, we're probably good. Well, you know, I bet they have to make sure, you know, he was born in Mexico. So mm-hmm. I bet they have to get paperwork through to make sure. Background check, maybe. You know. Yeah, because there's foreign uh, foreigners. 
<laughs> wow. All right. America first, Phil Grimm's, everybody. <laughs> hey, man. Um, okay, we got, I think this is the last question here, unless we want to talk about uh, Whale City FC. Uh, this question Thoughts is from... Whale City? Okay. I'm all in. Like, see, it comes from, I was a, I was a hockey fan growing up before I... Yeah, well, I'm an Islander, New York Islander fan, but uh, it just became, you know, the Whalers were just the video game team, and then you get they're immortalized in Mallrats, and uh, you got to go Whale City. I mean, I will jump ship from the Rowdies to Whale City uh, in a heartbeat. I won't actually. I, I, I got to see the logo first. That's yeah, my yeah. only thing. No, it's it's got to be that that green and blue color combo. There's got to be a whale. And maybe I, a I, feel like if, I feel like if the tagline isn't it, Whale City FC, we're gonna need a bigger boat. I'm disappointed. <laughs> oh, Carson, listen. If anyone needs like soccer marketing or like really just <laughs> crazy <laughs> ideas that I think are gonna work that really interest me and maybe three other people, but like no one else, let them know. That's good. Man's and, I need, and, I need a phys- and I need a physical contract that I can sign with a pen. I'm not That's right. That. You need to send him. <laughs> would you like that via uh, like a, a courier pony, like the, po- the the Pony Express, or how do you or, should or, we telegraph I mean, it over to you? I was gonna say either that or Hedwig from Harry Potter. I don't okay. Know, as as <laughs> okay. The magic now. No, I. Someone was I thought was making fun of Whale City FC, saying, you know, why copy the, the Whalers? This is terrible. And I combated with make it more so. I was like, make it Whalers FC or even make Harper their jerseys Whalers. look like hockey sweaters. Hey, go all the way. I want, for a day. I, I want that actual Whalers logo on the crest. I'm not like buy it, whatever it costs. Go. I want it. And do cross like, promotion. No, right. I agree. Like Listen, they have have the, Bring they back the whale on a sleeve, yeah. like did I mean, the, just uh, their, go all in. Their minor league baseball team, the Yard Goats, did like a Whalers series, I think, yeah. where they wore like the the proper Whalers like baseball jersey. I don't know. I mean, it it's Connecticut. Like, there's nothing yeah. else there. There like, is nothing else there. So might as That's well it. just do a you know like just a, a brand arc through all of it, like mm. just their baseball team, hockey, soccer, and just unite the brand and yeah, really keep it on brand. For sure. I agree. Um, okay, the last question we got is from Augustus Waiters, which is A Waiters86 on Twitter. Response to OCB going on hiatus, then going down. And also the rumor that Jacksonville is the next um, NASL exodus. Dan, you know anything about this Jacksonville thing? Um, no. Um, I, I, f- I feel like everything that Robert Palmer, the new Jacksonville owner, stands for media, wi- uh, media rights-wise goes against uh, the USL model. Mm. Um, honestly, bef- uh, before a lot of the turmoil, Indy was the rumors I was hearing. Um, yeah. But Jackson, uh, Robert Palmer said something about looking for you know, somewhere else to play, I think, right at the end of the season. So it's possible, but I know USL likes to control the media rights and broadcast rights, and Robert Palmer is not about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there might be a compromise, or they, he might you know, finally concede that and come over to USL. Mm-hmm. It's a possibility. Uh, I mean, either way, I, I'm Jacksonville. Uh, and if to the other question about Orlando City B, good, get rid of him. Just get <laughs> yes. rid of him. Carson, do you, you got anything as far as as Orlando City B going on on hiatus goes, or you know, do you want Jacksonville? Do we need another Florida I actually, team? I almost, I almost put an NASL reference up there with a Freddie Adu reference. Like, oh, <laughs> no, that was that was that was still a thing, but I, I don't know. I, at this point, I think you want to bring in you know super positive teams that are coming in with you know some I don't know some buzz. I, Jacksonville, like you said, kind of. Eh. Um, OCB going on hiatus and going down, it, it sounds like it's probably the right move. I don't think that will be the only team that does that, um, whether it's now or later or a couple of years from now. I think that yeah. might be a route where they kind of take a look at things and they're like, okay, clearly it's not working at this level. We're not either getting the revenue we want or the, you know, I guess results that we want. Maybe we just, you know, take a step back and go down. So I, I don't think it'll be the, the last to do that. And I, I don't hate the move. Do you think the uh, the uh, like B teams or the MLS two teams dropping to the D, take, doing a hiatus, going on hiatus and dropping to D three is more for USL cementing their Division two status? Yes. Yeah, I, I would agree. agree. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and honestly, I think 
those MLS two teams probably have the option right now, whether or not they want to stay in USL or, or not, because, you know, given all of the, the lawsuits and the weird ass presidential elections that no one knows how they work, because apparently I can announce that I'm running for USSF president. And as long as I have a couple of phantom votes, that's enough to get me to yeah. the table or whatever. Can, can we know. do it as a council? Like, can this, this yes. group of the podcasts, USL like, show is running for the president yeah, of the United uh, States. Soccer every Federation. year. We're as one entity running. As one giant entity of like twenty <laughs> like 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 Dinobots, everyone yes. comes together. Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Um like Vincent Humanman. On <laughs> um, if that's a Bojack horseman, I'm sorry. Um but uh, or Vincent Adultman, excuse me. Yeah. Uh but um it's yeah, just... no, I I think you're gonna see a lot of the the two clubs drop. Um, I, I think a, a lot of them, the, the more successful ones are the ones that are, you know, too stubborn to take a year off like your Red Bull and your Bethlehem and, you know, um, a couple of the other. I'm blanking so hard right now. But, you know, like I, I, Bethlehem is staying around for all I know. Red Bull are staying around clearly. Um, and then, you know, if they drop after that, that's cool. But I, I think there is definitely the option and I don't have any problem with Orlando City B saying, hey, you know, we'll take a year off and, and come back in Division three because I think it'll happen. You know, um, it doesn't cost a whole lot for for these these, you know, USL or feeder teams or two teams or whatever you want to call them to operate. And the advantages of having one, as we've seen, are a lot better than not having them. Yeah. And, you know, it's also it's it's unfortunate that this is happening this year. You know, it'd be nice if this was happening next year in in some ways. And, And most of that is these teams probably would have dropped to Division Three no matter what next year. And so this is just a hiatus, unfortunately, because all this is happening now within ASL, and they yeah. just got to draw the line and do it now. But, um, but you know, it's also nice that a team like Rochester can not just, like, go on hiatus and say, I hope we can make it back to Division Two. No, I mean, they don't have to come back to Division Two at all, even, yeah. even though they are an independent club. Mm-hmm. It won't be hard for them to come back to Division Three, And then who knows, they can work their way up financially, uh, to promote themselves financially as it works in this country right now. <laughs> uh, um, and then maybe someday, you know, we'll all start moving around division two, II, division three, uh, and even division one, one of these uh, days. But, um, and, know, and that's just, yeah. The only other thing I have, and just because I haven't mentioned it, uh, is, is just Jacksonville. I would much rather a club that is so much more than a name in that they have players, they have staff, they have coaches, they have families. Uh, I would I would much rather have a team come in and play in another league, regardless of what the media rights look like or anything like that, than either have them you know relocate for no apparent reason other than the ownership wants to make money, or for them to go on hiatus or fold anyway. Um, so yeah, sorry everyone yeah. in Columbus for what's going to happen in like six months, but it's well, it's going to happen. They got a year. They got a year. I got a. I forgot a question. Actually, this is sure. from Crudely, and it's perfect that you said that. Um, he says, "What do you think will happen?" By the way, this is opening up a box yeah. of worms here. Sure. What do you think will happen with clubs that don't move to MLS after the expansion is done? Do they fold? Do the owners sell? Does the quality just drop? That's from my I, brother-in-law Tim. Uh, okay. <laughs> Hi Tim. Do, do um, it in med. I don't. I don't think I think it's it's more than anything. It's it really it should be. How do the owners react to having to eat a, a basically a full humble pie? Which I mean, from one of those clubs that I'm ninety nine point nine percent certain our MLS bit is dead. Yes. Uh, I don't think Bill Edwards takes losing very well. Uh, Probably not. No. Um, so there's been debate uh, between Matt and I about whether Bill sells, and the question is, would be to who? But mm. I, I don't think he sells. I think he just, you know, kind of shrugs it off and uh, continues on, and maybe spends that expansion money on another washed-up player from England. There you go. Um, but we'll see. I mean, now they're gunning for you know round two. But I, like I said on the my, our, on our last podcast, if you if you have two rounds of expansion where you're taking two teams and you announced four teams as your finalists for your first yeah. round, wouldn't the second, the, that second group second just, round. isn't that your second, like you don't, right. it doesn't make sense. Right. So, I mean, MLS never makes sense. It might be drawn from an envelope or something. Uh, but I mean, I, I would lo- it's curious cause I don't know who down here would buy the rowdies uh, right. or who has the financial backing. Like Edwards was kind of a last resort. Uh, when we were uh, when he bought the team, 
so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I don't have an answer for that, but uh, I think the team, other teams, were half-ass bids anyway. Uh, sure. Like uh, what North Carolina, Detroit, Detroit. I mean, they don't. Detroit doesn't even want it. So, like, I think the clubs <laughs> are there. Uh, it, it won't affect. I think mm-hmm. here it's a little weird, but because Bill Edwards is an egotistical crazy man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, Cincinnati's going to get it. Nashville will more uh, doesn't even really uh, is, is fine. Right. Um, Sacramento will be fine. So I, I think the uh, the the ones that are on the cusp there are fine, and everybody else it was almost pretty much just like a profile marketing gimmick more than anything. Mm-hmm. So what about San Antonio? I think yeah. that's the one, the one we're leaving out. Yeah. Or Cincy, yeah. if they don't get it, you know. Um, Cincy, well, that's the thing. Cincy's a weird one. I mean, aren't they almost a shoe in anyway? But if they yes. don't get it, I would say that it's a house of cards that collapses. I mean, yep. they're. Uh, I think that enthusiasm dies, and everybody is. They're all pretty confident that they have it. So if they don't, I think it sucks the air out of that uh, their yeah. attendance and everything, and that they might tank. Um, San Antonio is crazy because, you know, their stadium deal is what is it hinges on MLS. Uh, Carson? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's one of those where you're super excited. You're like, OK, this is a done deal. We're, get, we're getting hyped up. We're, we're building to it. And then, yeah, I feel like if Cincy doesn't get that, I, I can't imagine you keep that enthusiasm. And what's your I think the end game was always MLS. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, I was actually at a Sacramento match last year too, and that fan base it kind of had that same feel of, okay, we're we're in USL for now, but hey, next year, a couple right. years, we're going to be in MLS. So right. I, it, that's a tough pill to swallow as a fan. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I in, in another kind of instance, I grew up in Northeast Ohio, so I, you know the Browns got pulled away from us, and it's kind of one of those where you bring them back, you're like, okay, like this is cool, we liked where we were at before with a good team, but um yeah it i can't see can't see you holding that up uh, if you get de- declined you know in this first yeah. round yeah and 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 you know i think since you are really the the chosen son especially given the state of what's going on with with columbus don garber is pretty much just going ha no 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 this club's in ohio and just doesn't get that people in Cincy. <laughs> Don't really like people in Columbus, vice versa. Um, so that's it's definitely interesting. I, I really I think it just comes down to, um, you know, if Cincy and Sacramento don't get in, that'll be strange and wrong, probably, but very interesting uh, because I agree. I think, you know, if Cincy doesn't go out and immediately just destroy the USL and win everything is kind of a, a, a fuck you to, to everyone that didn't let him in, then, you know, uh, what's going on? They're not good enough to even do that, though. In my opinion, I mean, even no, I don't think so either. Uh, they but you got, can see it if they did it, though, right? I mean, yeah. they have the money, they have the fan base, they have every like they're they're set up that if they go back to USL, they can get pissed off and really make some some waves. But they're gonna be that team do. that everyone steps up against. You know what I mean? I think every they team's gonna are, step up. I really they think they are. They already are. I think that's part of what killed them in the regular season. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. It really I'd, was. I don't think they, like watching they I mean I've watched them play a couple of times obviously us what three or four or five times um, yep. and I I didn't see think they were like top I thought they were middle uh, middle of the road team um I don't know well, if it, I watched we that We all game don't have Marcel Schaefer and Joe Colser <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but also I watched that game in Tampa and I've never seen since he looked so bad as that yeah, day they, maybe I mean, against Louisville that one time but they the, were terrible that day we played them in the open cup when we were still NASL. Um, and mm. we played our, like our bench and, uh, Freddie Adu. yeah, <laughs> I think we did, I think we might. but, uh, and then, you know, this season, uh, the playoff game as well. I mean, yeah, Marcel Schaefer was just playing out of his mind, but it was, I mean, I don't know, maybe sometimes the rowdies can transcend a level, but most of the time they're crap. Uh, but, since he was just that middle of the road team, I mean, for me, um, I mean, I guess they deserve it due to the the market. But I'll be curious to see what their crowd does paying, you know, real ticket prices. Yeah. And I'm not just like a bitter fan here. Like going by what you know, we're paying. Uh, I think we're the Rowdies' season ticket prices are a good bit more than most in the USL. Mm. And when you see what Cincinnati pays, it's like, well, yeah, you can sell out a college stadium. 
skating when you're not paying for five dollars. When you're offering five dollar tickets to college kids or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. Uh, but well, gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Um, going around the horn, where can everybody find you all and and uh, and interact and, and everything like that? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at unsub underscore Dan or the uh, and then uh, the podcast, I think, is unused subs pod uh, yeah. on Twitter. Um, I don't even know my own Twitter handle. Good man. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, we know it. There. Yeah, we, yeah, we got you. Uh, we're, right now in off season, we're just doing shows as news comes out. So uh, but in the season every Wednesday night. Carson. I am at Carson A. Merck on Twitter and then uh, you can find me. Obviously, like we said, Dynamo Theory for RGV stuff, and then um, Switching Play Soccer for the Las Vegas stuff, and I'm just wanting to smell like Las Vegas. Damn right. <laughs> Cocaine Gross. and hookers. There Cocaine and hookers. Yeah, do we have, like, a like a positive, like, what Las Vegas smells like, or do we just not want to mention it? I hope it? it doesn't smell like New Orleans. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> Good man. It, I, I was just in a casino today, and to be fair, the rodeo is in town, but... Not great. Not great. Is that really? Mm. That was amazing. Stale, stale, stale cigarettes and Mm. and just unmentionables. I I too want a soccer team to play like stale cigarettes. (laughs) And horse. Right, right, right. So good. Phil, where can people find you? Uh, P H I L L G R O O M S. Phil Grooms on Twitter. Also at STL Soccer. I thought (laughs) I was just going to stop. You're like, this is my name. That's it. Look it up. That's, that's you know you me. Yeah. You, or you no. will. No, uh, you can uh, also STL Soccer Report. I'm going to be interviewing said uh, Tomas Ignacio Gomez, the goalkeeper we just got, on Tuesday. So hopefully Wednesday you can hear an interview with him if you like. Let me uh, let me wrap up, get some plugs in. You can find myself on Twitter at Valella BSFC. V is Victor, I-L-L-E-L-L-A-B-S-F-C, like the team that I cover, Bethlehem Steel which I cover on brotherlygame.com. We're a, we're a sister site of, of Carson's uh, Dynamo Theory. We do union things. It's not great times recently, let me tell you. What is great times recently? BGN.FM. That's where this podcast is hosted, as well as a bunch of other podcasts, like, you know, Unused Subs, maybe, or the St. Louis Soccer Report. Uh, you can find us there, uh, BGN.FM, and we'll be, you know, there along with a bunch of our friends, uh, like Mongols and, you know, the last word on soccer guys and rising is one. Or you can go theuslshow.com and just play the episode from there. It's great. We'll let you know. Give us a follow on Twitter. There's like too many of you guys. It's freaking me out now. There's like almost 900 of you. So good. It's really crazy. Um, I want all of you to listen. It's, uh, it's, at the USL show, I don't think it'll be case sensitive, but if it is, it's un- it's uh, lowercase the uppercase USL lowercase show. Definitely follow. We uh, we interact with you. We get questions in. We put up polls every once in a while, um, and tell your friends because uh, you know this is only as good as as everyone you know makes it. And I think we have a wonderful group of people every week, and a very uh, flexible and and understanding group of people every week that we have on this show. And uh, the interaction has been great so far, and we really just want to keep that one going. So on behalf of Dan, Phil, Kevin, and uh, and Carson this week, uh, this has been Evan Lowell. You have been listening to the USL Show, and we'll talk to you guys soon.